0: I am really excited to be here today and uh, feel honored and blessed to be able to bring the word to you. Um, we are preparing to enter our 21 days of fasting and prayer. So the Lord laid it on my heart. I mean, it was like immediately um, when pastor asked about uh, if I would be willing to preach today, I knew exactly what I was going to be um. Preaching on, and it is the to be preparing for revival. Because that is what prayer and fasting is for. Is and and the effort that we put into these 21 days will be surpassed by the blessing the Lord will give you for your The time and effort that you put into the fast. It is a sacrifice. There's no doubt about it. It's a sacrifice. So my message today is called setting the table for revival. And that is part of the reason why you are sitting at tables today. (laughs) So um, some of you are sitting with family. Some of you are sitting with friends. And these are going to be some of the same people that you celebrate with these 21 days. there They may be some of the people you're fasting with, some of the people you're praying with, and definitely the people that... Um are going to be celebrating with you as the Lord answers your prayers and touches you in special ways. So it's important that you prepare well, just like we prepare for other events in our homes. I want you to prepare your home, your heart, and your family for these 21 days. So the first thing that we're, I'm going to talk about is the lights. The lights are very important because um, during the Christmas season, there is another holiday that Jesus celebrated. In John 10, it says, Now it was the Feast of Dedication in Jerusalem, and it was winter. So what is the Feast of of dedication. Well, it's a holiday that Jesus would have celebrated. So I think that it's interesting to look at what it means. At about 167 BC, the temple in Jerusalem was desecrated. The Maccabees restored and purified the temple. So in commemoration of that restoration of the temple, the feast of dedication was instituted. Today, it's known as the Festival of Lights. It's also known as Hanukkah. Okay. So on, as Christians, we need to understand, we do understand that our body is the temple. And uh, in 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20, it says, Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? for you were bought at a price. Therefore, therefore, glorify God with your body and your spirit, which are God's. So the lights that are on your table, you got little tea lights, um, they represent the dedication of your temple, which is your body. Okay. Your body and your spirit. And as we prepare for the 21 days of fasting and prayer, I'm going to suggest that you have a candle at your table at home. You can take the tea lights with you if that, kids, a lot of times especially, like to have their own little candle. So it should be lit during every meal to remind you of the Feast of Dedication because you are dedicating your body for these next 21 days. During Hanukkah, the Jewish believers prayed, Blessed are you, Adonai, our God, ruler of the universe, who has made us holy through God's commandments and commanded us to light the Hanukkah candles. So I want to encourage you to pray this or similar prayers as we set aside these weeks for fasting and set your table with the lights of dedication. Prayer is the next element. It's one of the most important of Christian disciplines. Prayer, simply put, is just talking to God. But people have wrestled with how to pray for hundreds of years. Even Jesus' disciples needed a lesson from Jesus on how to pray. In Matthew 6-9, Jesus said, In this manner, therefore, pray. And I'd like us to say this all together. It, um, we're going to have that up on the screen for you. I hope maybe you know this one. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So let's take this prayer and kind of take it apart. I don't think uh, the Lord ever expected us to pray this exactly this way every time we pray, but it's a model for how to pray. When we talk about our Father which art in heaven, the thing is, is we need to acknowledge that God is our Father and he is holy we need to bless him for who he is. So every time you pray, remember to bless the Lord. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is a, this is a statement that we need to align our priorities with God's. His will is perfect, and it's more important than what we want His will is what we need to want. Give us this day our daily bread. God is our provider. That's what that's saying. He is our provider. He provides our food, our shelter, our clothing, all of our needs. And we can ask him to meet our needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus. He wants to meet our needs. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Forgiveness is the cornerstone of our relationship with the Lord. I mean, if you had, if, in my mind, if you had to put one word on what the Bible talks about, it's, it's forgiveness. It's redemption. But forgiveness is the starting point. And in this, we've all sinned, and therefore we all need forgiveness. But this scripture, and many, other li- and many others like it, tells us that we need to be forgiving others. In fact, if we're holding unforgiveness, our prayers will be hindered. So every time we pray, we need to thank the Lord for forgiving us. And if you have anyone you have not forgiven, help, ask the Lord to help you to forgive them. One of the ways I, I know years ago, um, somebody asked me, how do you know you've forgiven someone? Because you can, you can remember the pain. You know you've forgiven them if you can honestly pray blessings upon them. And so, that's how I would encourage you to pray for anyone that you're still struggling with unforgiveness, is just to pray blessing upon that person. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. The temptation to sin is all around us every day. And it's important to pray that the Lord will help us to be strong in the face of sin and to protect us from the enemy who seeks to kill and to rob and to destroy. So we need to be praying for that holy protection, not only for yourself, but for your family. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. This is, speaks to me of humility which is an important part of our prayers. As we close our prayers, we need to remember and acknowledge that he is king. He is the king of kings. He is the Lord of lords, and he has the power and deserves all the glory forever and ever. Amen. I also want to encourage you to pray in tongues. The Passion Translation of Ephesians 18 tells us to pray passionately in the spirit as you constantly intercede with every form of prayer at all times. Praying in tongues is powerful and it builds your faith, so don't neglect this beautiful weapon. You are praying with the tongues of angels and God understands every word. I actually was was reading a, a devotional this week and the challenge was to pray for at least 10 minutes only in tongues just 10 straight minutes and I thought I don't you know I pray in tongues but I don't know that I've ever done that and so that's that was a challenge to me so set the little timer on my clock and I'm like can I can I can I pray in tongues for 10 minutes? So it is a beautiful thing. So I want to encourage you to do that. So as we enter into our time of prayer and fasting, I found that it's helpful to focus on what your prayers are. So on your table, um, you've got prayer cards. So um, there's places for three prayer requests on there. And so we have so many things to pray pray for, but I just during these twenty one days, I just want you to pick the top three and write them out. And if you need help, I've got some ideas for you. So, do you want to improve your relationship with the Lord? That is the number one reason for prayer and fasting is is to get closer to God. So that could be one. Do you have um, any? strife in any of your relationships. So that would be another one that would be really good, uh, whether it's family, uh, work associates, um, you know, anyone, really, neighbors. We have a neighbor that sometimes is really difficult. And so I have to say, okay, Lord, let me find a way to bless this neighbor. And uh, our relationship actually has, has gotten much better. So, is there anyone in your family that's struggling physically or emotionally or spiritually? That's a really good thing to be praying about this time and see a breakthrough. You want you want breakthrough. So, try to make your prayer requests as specific as you can. And I also want to encourage you to journal as the, as this progresses because. In years to come, and you look back at that journal, you're going to remember that these prayer requests were answered because they will be answered. Um, the the coolest coolest time of uh, praying and fasting I think that I've experienced recently was um, three years ago. My husband and I, and my son and my daughter in law, agreed to dedicate the 21 days um, of prayer and fasting for a grandchild. And um, they had been struggling for about two years, not able to conceive. And and they had conceived, and then they had a miscarriage. And it was just, they were beginning to feel like maybe this wasn't going to happen. And do you know, she got pregnant during those 21 days. It was the beautiful. And he's two years old now, and he is just adorable. So make your prayer requests Specific and stay on it because he will answer, and then you'll get to journal in uh, on how he answered and being confident. So, I want to encourage you to set your table with prayer requests physically put those at your table. So, when you are gathering together as a family and you're lighting your lights, remembering your prayer requests. So, fasting why do we fast? Well, the New Testament never explicitly commands Christians to fast, but the scriptures imply in many places that believers should fast. They, just It's an assumption that you fast. So first of all, we understand um, that we want to strive to be like Jesus. And we know that after he was baptized, he spent 40 days in the wilderness fasting and praying. And that was in preparation for his journey, his his mission, a three-year mission to um, reach the world, um, his, his little world for Jesus and per, to prepare the disciples to reach the rest of the world. And um, so that is one really good reason. If you're going to be preparing for ministry, you need to be fasting and praying. In Matthew 6, 17 and 18, it says, but when you fast... Anoint your head and wash your face to you so that you do not appear to men to be fasting. But to your father who seeks... Okay, but to your father who sees in secret, he will reward you openly. So there are rewards to fasting, and it's an important spiritual discipline. Well, your personal fast should present some level of challenge. If it's easy, then it's not a sacrifice, right? So it's important to know your body, to know your options, and most importantly, to seek God in prayer and follow what the Holy Spirit leads you to do. So the first type of fast is a complete fast. This would have been what Jesus did. And it, you typically drink only liquids, maybe some juices, um, light juices. Those are That's an option. But not many people are able to do that. You may be able to do that just for a few days, probably not the full 21. But um, another type of fast is called a selective fast. It involves removing certain elements from your diet. Um, some people during these 21 days do a Daniel fast, which means that you only drink water and you only eat fruits and vegetables. Um For children, I've often uh, suggested that to children to uh, fast sweets because that is, it's not going to do any physical anything. In fact, it's going to improve their physical uh, diet, right? If they remove sweets. So, um, you know, some people choose to do, some adults choose to do that. Say, okay, I'm going to get rid of all sweets. I'm not going to drink coffee, things like that. So those are, those are whatever it is that's, for you, hard to give up. That's probably the thing that you need to give up. Okay. Um, So there's also a something called a soul fast, which is a great option if you don't have a lot of experience fasting food and maybe you've got health issues and you want that would prevent you from fasting food. So it's also if you want to refocus certain areas of your life that are out of balance. So for example, you might choose, choose to stop using social media for 21 days. You might choose to not watch television for 21 days or any other area of your life where you're like, "Wow, well, I really want to refocus. This is taking me away from God. So I'm going to let that go and take that time. And use it for prayer and and uh, reading your Bible and, and just getting closer to God. But this year, I, I talked this over with my family, and we've decided to do something that I'm going to call a missions fast. So, this is, uh, we decided to do this because Mission Sunday is January 24th. So, it seemed perfect to us to use this season. Um, to save money on food so we can send more money to missions. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to drink just plain water. We're not going to eat out at all, and we're going to have only simple food. And then all of the money that we save, we're going to give to missions on Mission Sunday. So that is why you have got rice and beans at your table. Some people like to do this 21 days uh with just eating rice and beans. And so you've got a little, little jar there. You can take that home and put it on your table as a reminder for missions to just eat simple food and humble ourselves. So that is another thing to set your table with is simple, humble foods. The final uh, discipline for these 21 days, and arguably the most important is celebration. Woo-hoo. Yeah, woo! It is so easy to celebrate when we have received an answer from the Lord, right? We all celebrate. We go tell everybody. We put it on social media. We call our friends. We text. We're like, woohoo, you'll never guess what the Lord did for me. And so, but this type of celebration is before we get the answer to prayers. That is what we are asking you to do. And um, this, uh, this will keep us firm in our faith like Abraham. So I hope you all know this scripture. This is one of my favorites in Romans. Against all hope, Abraham in hope believed. Without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had the power to do what he had promised. So Abraham gave glory to God before his prayers were answered. Okay? This is what I think it looked like. I think he sang songs of triumph. I think he praised God for the victory. I think he went about his life with a smile, knowing that God had good things just around the corner. I think that he spoke to others with uplifting and contagious faith. I think that he lived a life of celebration, knowing that God's blessing was, just, it was on its way and that's how we are going to celebrate these 21 days. We've got our prayer request and we are going to be declaring in faith the victory the entire time. There's a really really good story in the second in second chronicles chapter 20. Jehoshaphat was told that a great multitude is coming against you. What was his response? He was afraid but he sought the Lord and proclaimed a fast. And all the people of Judah gathered together with their little ones, their wives, and their children, and they stood before the Lord. That sounds a little bit like a family worship encounter, doesn't it? The whole family together. The spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, and he said, Thus says the Lord to you, do not be afraid or dismayed because of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. You will not need to fight in this battle. Position yourselves, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you. Then in, and this all happened in the Valley of Tekoa. So I, I I texted Tekoa. I said, you have to be here this week because your name's in the sermon. <laughs> and uh, Jeho- Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem bowed before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. Then the Levites of the children of the Kohath. Fights. and the children of the Kohathites stood up and praised the Lord God of Israel with voices loud and high. Verse 21 says, then when they had consulted with the people, he appointed those who should sing to the Lord and those who should praise the beauty of his holiness and they went out before the army And we're saying, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. In verse 22, this is kind of the conclusion. Now, when they began to sing and praise, I'm going to say that again. Now, when they began to sing and praise, the Lord set ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah, and they were defeated. So as the worship band come on back up to this stage, I want you to notice the progression of the events in this story. First, there was a big problem. They sought the Lord, proclaimed a fast, and all the people gathered together, including the children, They listened to the prophet's words that were from the Lord. The word of the Lord was to have no fear and believe that the Lord would fight for them. Then they sang songs and praised the Lord. And after the people did all these things, the enemy was defeated. Celebration comes before that the answer to prayer. So, isn't that what we want? We've all got issues in our lives, and the enemy brings upon us. This is the time to seek the Lord in prayer and fasting. Gather your family together and sing to the Lord. Praise the beauty of His holiness. Position yourselves and then stand and see the salvation of the Lord because he is with you. Do not waver in your unbelief, but be fully persuaded that he, that God is able to fulfill every promise you have for your life. So I encourage you to set your table for revival, set your table with the lights of dedication, set your table with prayer requests, set your table with simple food, set your table with confetti and balloons, and then wait patiently for the Lord to act on your behalf because he will, he does, he is faithful, he is worthy, and he is there for you. He loves you with an everlasting love. And you are, I cannot wait to hear the testimonies that you're going to bring in just three more weeks. Well, I guess it's kind of four because it's only going to start for another week. But um, God bless you. God bless you. Let's pray together. Father God, we thank you. We thank you for this word. We thank you, Lord, that you've taught us so much from um, your word. Thank you, Lord, for the lights of dedication, Lord. God, every time I see a candle now, I'm going to remember That it's about dedicating our bodies before you. Father God, I thank you that you've given us this gift called prayer. And I thank you, Lord God, that you are in the midst of every prayer request. Even as we're selecting them, Lord, you're in the midst of that. We thank you, Lord God, that you care so abundantly. Thank you, Lord for helping us, enabling us to fast and being able to select the fast that is best for our family. So I ask you, Lord God, that you would strengthen us and encourage us as we set aside the food or drink that you want us to, or maybe setting aside social media, maybe television, whatever it is, Lord God, I ask, Lord, that you would give us strength, Lord. Father God, I thank you that celebration is in order now. We thank you, Lord, and we worship you for the beauty of your holiness. And I bless you. And all the people said, amen and amen.